I get good sleep. Sometimes I get awakened, not often, but sometimes I get awakened if something's troubling me and I wake up and I uh, have to take some time to pray it through. This morning I got awakened and it wasn't for that reason. It was that something is, has been burning in my heart and it's, uh, it's getting stronger. You ladies think you're the only ones that get pregnant while... Well, I am pregnant, and uh, it's with a vision, a vision that began years ago, uh, was highlighted when uh, Simpson, what's his first name, House Church, uh, Wolfgang Simpson came and uh, that that sparked it even more. Then we started this house church. And do you remember what we said to you, you people? I, I know the, uh, the Johnstons remember it, and I know that you remember it. What did, we, what did I say to you, Bob? I said, really nice to see you here, but I hope I don't see you in a year. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a pastor saying that. Only the Johnsons took me seriously, and they're here today. It's a delight. You, your timing couldn't be better. It, it is so wonderful that you are here on this day, because I'm not speaking on what I'd sent to you, because the Lord is highlighting something for me regarding house churches that uh, I want to talk with you and have you ask me this, the hardest questions that you can ask me. I want you to be thinking of things, and we're going to talk back and forth. I'll share a little bit, then I want us to talk back and forth. And here's what's burning in my heart. I believe, I fully believe, that within some years, we will see a thousand house churches in the Twin Cities. I believe that. If you don't believe that, that's okay. But I, I believe that. We're having our first meeting today at Frogtown to talk about a house church. We're not going with the idea we're going to do it. We're going with the idea we're praying together with uh, Shad and Stephanie and their kids and uh, looking to the Lord about what he wants to do. I've been praying and, and thinking and envisioning this, but now the vision is, has come to a point where I feel like the Lord's saying, do something about it. And uh, I, I would like to pray for you guys because... They took it seriously, and they left here with our blessing, and they've started a ministry, Fusion Arts, and uh, you're, I know you're either looking at property or you've got the property. Where is it in that whole property phase? Uh, well, we're still trying to define what we need and find uh, a, a place, but we don't have anything. Okay. Well, come here and let us pray for you. Bob and Linda, come on up and pray for them. Uh, we're thrilled that you took it seriously and that you took a step, a leap of faith. Probably scary. Probably, uh, you know, <laughs> it. Uh, huh? It's fun. It's an adventure. Okay. Like Glad to hear it was there. Hey, you guys. Hi. <laughs> you know them? Yes. Yes. We've met. Okay. You've met. So. You, you know them enough to know what they need prayer for. Okay. And uh, if any of you know these people, will you stand with them when we pray for them? Go ahead and do that. 
Well, Father God, we just thank you for the Johnstons. We thank you, Lord, that they are doing what all of us are called to do. They have stepped out, Lord. They have stepped out in obedience. They have stepped out in faith. They have stepped out over a precipice, not knowing where their foot would land. And Lord, they have relied on you. They have trusted in you. And Lord, you have blessed them. I thank you, Lord, that you have blessed each one of them with gifts and callings that are irrevocable. I thank you, Lord, that you have given them your heart, your passion, your love for the arts. And Lord, that they are redeeming the the arts. They are reclaiming them. That they are taking them back from what has happened to them throughout the ages, Lord, as as we in our in our evil, the the evil self that's deep down inside of us have 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 changed them and have have turned them to our own enjoyment rather than giving you glory. We thank you, Lord, for this group of people who stands here before you now fully in ministry, 100% in ministry. Though they each have jobs, they are ministering through their jobs, through their workplace, and they are bringing honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name. When we talk about house church this morning, we're not talking about, hey, we're better than they are. Don't even begin to think about that. If God called me back, I've told him, if you call him back to a more traditional structure, I'd go in a moment. So I don't, I'm not talking about with an edge this morning. I'm not angry. I'm excited. And I, I want to ask the kids first. You know, there aren't, aren't a lot of kids. We'll include the teenagers in this question. But I, what's the difference between what we're doing and what a, a typical church? Down the street, there's one, Advent Lutheran. What's the difference between what we're doing here and a typical church? What, what are some of the differences that you see? Any, anybody between ages 1 and 19 can answer that. Pardon? I want to hear it. Say Speak it out. It's in a house? It's in a house. <laughs> yeah. Now, let me ask you, is that legal to have to call it church if it's in a house? Do you think it's okay? It's okay? Right. It's in a house? <laughs> okay, what else? Anna? Pardon? There's lots of people. Yeah, look at them. Less. Huh? Less. Oh, less. less people. That's true. There's less people. Do you think that's better or not better? Do you think that's you, you would you rather have more people or do you like what we do? You like more people. Okay, come on, people. <laughs> For goodness sake. We need more people. Seems more relaxed. How 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 that? 
and we changed the message. You do go with the flow. And we've done that before. We've changed things around. We don't have play-by-play. Play-by-play can work. You're just talking about some of the differences. Now, when you see some of the differences, hopefully, you might come to the conclusion there is a priority. In fact, there's a preference. The fact that I have no edge to uh, axe to edge to grind, I still have a preference. <laughs> and it's a priority. And I'm going for it. And there's a reason for it. Anything else you see? Ethan, do you see anything different between this and a regular church? That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Outreach is important. So, uh, I'll just share a little bit why it's a preference for me. Pentecost right in your home. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. The church grew as it met in homes while larger gatherings occurred in the temple. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in there and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Wow. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news of Jesus, that Jesus is the Christ. Saul, did he understand this? He became Paul? He knew how to persecute the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Now I want to stop here. You saw Lisa. Lisa's dad, Gene, who was the assistant director of IMF, good friend, pastor. International Ministry of Yes, thank you. Is um, needy. He had a stroke and we're praying that that will have no lasting effects. He was humming yesterday and uh, they're encouraged by progress. Yesterday would seem to be a good day. Positive day. So let's uh, picture Gene as he rests in Southdale. Let's uh, let's believe for him now. Believe for uh, the blood to flow. One of the arteries was not fully uh, flowing. Is that correct? So we pray for, pray for that. We pray for the shrinkage of any, anything that dots up. We believe for that. We believe for long life for Gene, for, for fulfilling his destiny in God, with uh, this, this not being a hindrance. We believe for full recovery and for uh, the manifestation of your glory in the midst of what has been a horrendous trial. But you take horrendous trials and turn them into testimony. So let this be a testimony on the lips of the Goldsby family. And in Gene himself, as he speaks and yes. declares yes. this. The Spirit fell on Gentiles in a house gathering when Peter was with them. 
The Philippian church was likely birthed in the house of a woman named... I'm glad you got that one. <laughs> Priscilla and Aquila, leaders along with Paul, had a church that met in their house. Others had churches in their homes, including Nympha and Archippus, Philippians 2. <coughs> Paul met with people in homes. It was his evangelistic strategy to begin in the synagogue, but when he had critical mass that believed, he met with them in homes. In his farewell address to the Ephesian elders, when he stayed longer than any other place, he said that he taught them publicly and, whoops, and from house to house. Do you understand what I believe in the house church? The house church movement is an ancient movement. I believe it's a movement of the future. And why would I talk to you about it? Because you're a house church, because you were started here, and because I see it proliferating throughout the Twin Cities. And my burden, my vision, is that we have a part to play in that proliferation throughout the Twin Cities. Now... I'm going to ask you a question, and then we're going to, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to ask you another question. We'll talk about that and uh, see where that takes us. What are the advantages of house church? Relationships is essential to the body of Christ. If you don't have a body, if, if this is cut off, it's not a body. It's, it's that thing, a limb cut off, it's, it's severed, it doesn't function. What else? Yeah. Um, Mickey. What else, Mickey? <laughs> Okay. That's oh, 
typical in in churches that you've got essentially a one-man show. You've got someone that's up front that does the stuff, that does the preaching, and that can work. It can get the job done, but it does create a passivity in people that that, uh, keeps them limited in what they think they can do. And so you've got people saying, and I've heard it often, I'm just a layman. Ever heard that? They make an excuse. I'm just a layman. I'm not ordained. I'm not called. Whoa! Where did we get that? Yeah, David? Real loud. She said that very well, didn't she? She's, you're right on. You, we, are, we are literally brothers and sisters. Hug your sister. Hug your brother. Go ahead. Take time to hug your sister and brother. They're your brother. They're your family. <laughs> this is family. We've got the same father. We've got the same older brother. His name is Jesus. And we are a family. And any church can give you that feeling. But sometimes it's harder, bigger. Sometimes smaller is better. And I'm saying in this situation, smaller is much better. Because when the church began to operate more as an institution and began to grow buildings and persecution ended, the church began going downhill. You can see it in church history. When the church was under the radar, even under persecution, it was fired up and moving. Just like where? China. Exactly like China. When, when, uh, when the top was pulled off and we saw that 2 million or so had turned into 60 million under persecution. What's that all about? I'll tell you, it's about house church. That's exactly what it's about. You look in South America, you look in Africa, where there's a move of the Spirit, it's often accompanied by house church 
dynamic. The Haugans, the Moravians, the Westlands, it brought, it brought people into the house together. Because when you have communion with 2,000 people, it's not the same as when you have it with your own family. And when we're family and we live that out together, there's something that you experience in the body of Christ that you cannot experience another way and with the same significance. There are other advantages. We'll stop uh, here now. There are liabilities. Don't think there aren't some liabilities. What might some, oh, Were you going to say something, Kim? Oh, you're aware of, uh, we're still with the positives then. Okay. And, and what is that? Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. So if we truly believe that, is that, if that's why we are here together, then we bear the responsibility together to, to, to cause this to expand. And I, as a pastor among you here, feel a responsibility, a call, and a vision to make that happen in the Twin Cities so that it will change the culture of this city, that it will impact how people respond to God so that they can walk to church because there's one in their neighborhood. Or they become the church. Some of you, listen to me, you may have not thought about this before. It may not have occurred to you. Maybe because you didn't go to seminary. Maybe because you didn't feel called by God. that you would be leading a house church. What do people need to lead a house church? You need to have been parented so that you're, you, you, you know what it is to parent. You know what it is to discipline, to exhort, to comfort, to equip. If not your own children, children. And you do that with a joy, a celebration, so that if you got together 10 people in your house, you could parent them. And seminary may throw you off. Seminary a pastor does not make. Seminary can possibly train people for pastoring. But what makes you pastors, first of all, the gift of God, he made some pastors, some evangelists. The other thing is the, the right kind of training, the right kind of upbringing, the right kind of, of discipling. Jesus discipled people into apostolic ministry so that they turned their world on its head. They had a vision for it. Okay, so some liabilities now. What are some liabilities of, of house church? Okay, lack of theological accountability. You agree? Okay. Let me, uh, I, I agree with that. 
And, and here, here is the other side of that. Heretics consistently have high IQs. And when uh, uh, a professor, Walt Sunberg, at Luther was talking to a very smart pastor at North Heights, and he was concerned about getting over the edge, he said, you're not smart enough to be a heretic. You've got to be really smart to be a heretic. You look at it, you'll see that they're heretics. We are, we are worried because someone who has an average education is going to mess things up in a house church. I am far more worried for those at Luther Seminary who are going to mess things up. Because Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the rise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Even so, it was good in your sight. I agree with you, Ben. That's why we need leaders in the house church movement who care for people, who know how to parent, and are willing to parent, and willing, like we do here at Communitas. We let people share, and then we're okay with the messes. We're okay when things get off center, because we just correct it along the way. And that's okay to do that. And then you don't have some 200 IQ dude who won't listen because he knows better. And there's the heresy. There's the heretics down through the church. Those that will not be listened, will not respond to a correction. So I'm not saying no to you. I agree with you. And that's why we need relationships between fathers and children so that when things come up, we can talk together and they can be corrected in a loving, honoring way, which is what you do in the family. We want mistakes. We want failure. See, that's another difference. In a church where I was pastor, failures could mess us up. We're not getting messed up by failures. In fact, failures help us. Failures move us farther along. Did I hear an amen? Did anybody? Do you really agree with that? I mean, do you? Pardon? You do. That's right. That's right. Larry Christensen's dad was a a coach. In fact, they named St. Olaf Athletic Field after him, Aid Christensen Athletic Field. And he said, I love victory more than defeat, but you sure will learn a lot by defeat. (laughs) Okay, did I hear, where did I see a hand? Yeah, Kathy and... Hey, come on. Do we have any parents here? Uh, messy? Talk about messy. Talk about poopy. Talk about reality. It's messy. It's very messy. And praise the Lord for the messes. Listen, let none of you think here that I'm the only one who's going to mess up around here. <laughs> the reason I give you a chance, I want to see you mess up a few times, too. <laughs> And, and we don't come down on people when they mess up. We say, okay, let's, let's talk about this. And many of you have experienced this. I look around. I see many. You messed up. Yeah, Tim gets it, and then you. Okay, so heresy. So we know Bereans, right? The Bible tells us that we're responsible to search our scriptures daily to make Wow. Good. Our dad's exactly the same. I mean, we, we have a very practical way of dealing with stuff. Sometimes we have preachers 
You're right. You're right. Some places they don't want to be corrected. And, and that, if you're not wanting to be corrected, you're not in the family. You're not, a, you're not a parent. You're not a brother. Because accountability is at every level. Yeah. Real loud. You got it. Ooh. 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 Really good. In a consumer mentality, you go home and you roast the pastor. Right? When you're there to evaluate how well he or she did and how well with the, the choir, when the choir stunk today, and how well people did, you are a consumer looking for your product. If you come having filled yourself up with the Holy Ghost, you come out of the overflow, and it says in 1 Corinthians 14, you come to give, you come to bring a prophetic word, to give a tongue, to give a song, and it really is. Community. I'm gonna I'm gonna list a couple others. You may. Yes, indeed. When you, when you have a program-based church, which is 90 or more percent of churches, you grow to a certain level, then you have a children's director. You grow, you, get a, you need a youth director. You need a young adult director. You need a choir director. You need a worship director. You, you grow by adding staff and often from the outside rather for us, rather than saying, what do we need, it's far better for that reason to say, what has God given us? What do we have? What has he provided with us that we can use in our midst so that we can release that person and out of that comes ministry? If that doesn't happen, then we say, that will happen some other way. Maybe it will happen in the home. Has church uh, taken some of the responsibilities that God has given to the family? Yes. Yeah. So maybe some of those programs we'd do better without. And so we have to ask that question as we are a house church. What do we really want? Do we want to add things? Or do we want to release people so that they walk into greater maturity? Karen? 
you, you know, it. Not only is that a potential, but the picture is a potential. If you tell some people that you're going to a house church, they'll call it a cult already. They know it's a cult because you, you don't, church, you meet in a church. And I've had people that are evangelical, charismatic, and I said we we're meeting in a home, and one pastor said, when are you going to do real church? I didn't say anything because I, I love him and I, I recognize him. But uh, he just was wrong. He, he, he just didn't see it right. One more comment, and then we'll move on. Isn't that interesting that this community could be used to release funds way beyond the, our size? See, we're not, the, our influence is not directly related to our size. It's, in fact, directly related to the size we see God is. And so if God is big and he can funnel gifts to us and we can release those because we're not paying for a huge staff, we're not paying for the building. We, we're coming and we're occupying it for a time. That's huge. To me, that's huge. And that will be more important in the days ahead. I don't believe that our economy is going to get better in the next five years. I think it's going to go downhill. I think at some point it will crash because it's going to inflate, 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 and then it will crash, and house church will become um, mandatory in some places, and if we're ahead of the game and moving on this vision, I want to, young people, I'm, I'm believing that young people at Communitas will be able to start house, house churches. Uh, now, when I say house churches, let's put them at Caribou or wherever. Let's put them at JR or whatever that uh, place is. Let's, let's, Let's put them in, in businesses. Let's put them in schools. Let's put them in places where, where there already is a, something going on. And uh, I, I want you now to, to were you going to say something? so that we get to represent Christ wherever we go. You become walking epistles. You get to display the kingdom through signs, uh, wonders, and miracles, and release love. I love it when people walk up to others and say, you have so much love, I can just tell. Or why, you must be a Christian. You just exude love. And that's what every one of us are called to do, and that's what a house church is going to do, is incorporate everyone to be a little Christ. Representing the gospel of the kingdom. Weren't we doing that last week when we went to the hospital? Okay. It was so much fun to go 
uh, with Karen and Mike to the hospital, we went to pray for two people. We ended up praying for a lot more than two, didn't we? Because uh, we were there to represent Christ. I started talking to a lady. He started talking to a lady and uh, at the front desk. And then he reached out and grabbed her hand. And she accepted it. She, she had a little smile on her face. And he began speaking into her destiny in Christ. And she was responsive. She didn't pull back. She wasn't offended. And when we got done, she said, thank you. That's what he's talking about, representing Christ. So uh, I want us to stop here. I'm going to give you some notes, not to read now, to take home. And then this is two pages. I'm going to send you an article that I wrote uh, right around 2000 called uh, Coming Home. I think there's going to be a big homecoming. And the church is going to come home. And things are going to happen as as, uh, the word gets out that uh, not only can you do church at home, but there is a potential dynamic. And when you get swept up by the Spirit of God in this movement, uh, things are going to happen. And signs and wonders will accompany as they did in the book of Acts. And as I look out at you, I see people here that I fully expect to be leading a house church. And we'll stay connected and if there are theological issues, we can address those together. Uh, in a moment, Ben will come up, and we'll have some more worship and then some more prayer. I'd like to uh, have some prayer right now. Open your heart. as radically as you can. I believe God has spoken to me. I hope he speaks to you.